Katie as well. Hello. We are doing a special World Mental Health Day episode. Uh, we know that choir is important to lots of you for uh, your mental health, and we are lucky to be joined by our MD James Cleave of King's Cross fame. And yeah, it's a really informative chat around his work in music therapy, which uh, was fairly revelatory for me um it's great to it's a great listen with him he's very uh he's very articulate in how he goes about his other pursuits around choir and uh yeah we 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 have a great conversation with him and then we have asked you about how choir helps your mental health and we'll be sharing a few of your stories there um at the end of the episode and katie was down in london for a bit again weren't you i was it was exciting yes and we so much choir to... stuff <laughs> so much quite stuff yeah and uh disney but we'll talk about mm-hmm. that another time um but we will talk about our trip to see dear evan hansen which indeed was, i think it's quite quite topical for this and uh yeah really enjoyed it completely yeah fantastic right let's get on to the main section with james Hi, everybody. We are here today with James for the second time in quick succession. And uh, just thank you so much for joining us today, James. And we would love to find out a little bit about uh, how your musical went when you premiered it last month. Was that last month? It was in September, wasn't it? Yes. It feels like about a year ago, but yeah, in September, early September. Um, How'd it go? Really well, really, really well. So we did our two nights at the King's Head and we sold out on the first night and we had, I think it was two thirds full on the second night. It was so well supported. Amazing. um, We got a couple of reviewers in and got a four star review from it, which I'm saying, you know, for its first incarnation in front of an audience, I'm mega happy with that. So, so happy with that. Um, So it really, really served its purpose for us. It was to kind of get it in front of a crowd, see what they liked, what they didn't like, what went down well, what didn't. And um, we're going to be doing some rewrites and some tweaking. And um, I've been working on a new song this morning, actually, Bright Eyed and Bushy Tailed. Um, And so that will be in the the name of the song or your your status. (laughs) (laughs) That's my state for a Saturday morning. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So it will be on again uh, at the end of November, 22nd to the 26th at the Bread and Roses in Clapham. And it'll have a chance there to bed down for a full week as the main show in the house and really uh, begin to find its feet, which is very exciting. That is exciting because I can come. Yay. (laughs) Oh, even better. Yeah. Like I've had so many uh, people come up to me in rehearsals at choir, um, either being so lovely and going, yeah, we came to see it. We really enjoyed it. Or saying, I'm gutted I couldn't come to see it. Is it on again? So it's very lovely to be able to say that it is. Yep. So excited. And it's just up the road from where I'll be. So woohoo. <laughs> it's fate. <laughs> it is. Um that is it's just so exciting. We're all so proud of you. Um, and we're all as you as you know from the support you've been getting from the choir, uh, just so excited for you for this. So oh, it's congrats. So 
thank you so much you guys have been so supportive and it's, it means a big deal to me it's fab thank you <laughs> um and that that is a rather neat segue into what we want to talk about today which yeah. is uh music therapy in relation to world mental health day because that is the 10th of october every year and um when we found out that you were working in music therapy uh we were like we need james to come talk to us about this because yeah i mean the mental health support that choir gives people is huge uh mm. so we'd love to find out a little bit more about that mm. yeah so can you get us started with what it actually is yeah i was going to say that's probably the best place to start isn't it so <clears throat> although music therapy as a profession has been going since the 60s um it's still relatively unknown um it's kind of tied in with other arts therapies so like drama therapy play therapy um and kind of grouped together with those and it's becoming more and more and more used and i have noticed this particularly actually since the pandemic and my colleagues that i work with have noticed there's a big big surge in kind of uptake of people trying maybe alternative it, it it kind of does feel like an alternative therapy although it's it's um healthcare professions council registered and it's all in that respect kind of quite medical and clinical it still feels like something that you might try where other things may not have worked perhaps but at its ethos at the heart of it is um i would describe it as communication without words <clears throat> so normally but not always not exclusively you'll be working with people who don't have the use of verbal language for whatever reason that is or have limited use of verbal language so you're looking at music as in its form of kind of communication of self-expression um of connection and what it can do to build someone's confidence and self-esteem and this is all kind of like I'm using these words and you're sitting there going, well, yeah, this is what happens at choir. <laughs> That's feel familiar. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Katie, it's like, there's a quote um, by one of the kind of big stalwarts of the um, field of music therapy I trained in, a guy called Gary Ansdell. And he says that music therapy works the way music works. And in fact, it was our first like dissertation in the masters to go discuss this, write the essay and there are many, many similarities. But what the, the two years of master's training for music therapy does is it trains a person to work with people who, as I say, don't have verbal language. Um, and maybe just harder to get to know for various reasons, forever they are in life, disability, trauma, um, dementia, um, brain function, which is different to the majority of people. So you're kind of using your skills as a musician and you're being trained to work with a group of people who you know for whatever reason most of us may not come across in day-to-day -day life <laughs> um and i i feel privileged that i do to be honest it's kind of it's amazing i love it i love it i love it so it's kind of yeah it's taking i got into it because my kind of main interest in music is kind of what manifests in choir it's like what does it do for humanity um i love performing i have the ego to sustain that <laughs> uh i like conducting i like performing i like playing all of that kind of thing but the thing that really interests me about music is like what does it offer for us as humans and so it's a kind of natural extension to take that into uh music therapy and kind of as i say 
get trained up and start to work with people who may not be able to access music as easily as others. Yeah, I I think I hadn't quite fully realised the extent that it was um, music as communicative therapy for those who can't. I, I don't think I'd twigged that. And as you say, it's an area for people who are unable to communicate, um, to express themselves, but also, you know, you're, we are unlikely to come across them. Like they're not going to come to choir, are they? For example, they're not going to be able to do that. So it's good that there's going to be the opportunity for them to have uh, an avenue to go down instead. So is it something that's provided through uh, the NHS, for example, or is it sort of more of a uh, sort of charity body or? It's, it's provided in both and more ways. There's a, there's, it's a big part of the NHS. So as part of my training, I spent a year on a secure mental health ward in a hospital uh, within the NHS. Um, the people I was trained with is a charity called Nordoff Robbins, and they are one of the biggest providers of music therapy in the UK. Um, so you can kind of come to them. They have a massive waiting list, but you can kind of come to them and go, I wish to have music therapy or someone I know would like to have music therapy. Um, some people self-fund it. Uh, some people get funding for it. Um, it gets funded in schools well. Um, there's something that uh, is provided for children with additional needs, and I think I'm getting this right, called an educational health and care plan. And within that, you can get funding for different types of therapy and different types of support. So quite often if you're working with uh, children and young people, specifically in schools, your work may be funded through that as well. Yeah, I think... Uh, it's obviously I can't go into any particular details, but I like the idea that it's across lots of different age groups in particular. So it can be from the formative age to, as you say, with dementia, it could be obviously uh, older demographics as well. It really, really is. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I believe this and a lot of people believe this, that music is with us like from the womb, right? You're talking about heartbeat, you're talking about pulse and rhythm um the instant hopefully a baby comes out it cries there's melody in crying there's a shape of melody there's pitch there's intensity there's volume there's all this kind of stuff going on which later becomes um kind of musical stuff so in choir i'm going yeah that's mezzo piano going to a crescendo but you know for a baby that's whimpering and then going to screaming you know it's it's, it's all already there and there's quite a lot of work which goes on um, with mothers and babies, babies who've just been born. Um, and that, as as you say, Ollie, goes all the way through up until uh, looking at manifestations of dementia and Alzheimer's, palliative care even. There's a lot of work in palliative care. So it's like the whole of the life course where you're able to offer very different things with each person but things that music can offer in that context um, can be great, can give great benefit. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, definitely eye-opening, and uh, I can imagine that must be quite uh, impactful for you, for all your different um, sort of patients as well. And I think, as you said about being in the womb and being completely natural, I think I've I've been in the room with 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 uh, friends who. Uh, have been pregnant and uh there has been some music that comes on and the the child actually reacts in the womb and it's quite a quite a special moment definitely 
Mm, mm. Yeah, I've had friends experience that too. It's um, so, well, just weird, but also just so normal, like at the same time, because yeah, like I've said it, I've said it before, but there's music in all of us, right? And we can all do music of some form or another, even if you're tone deaf and and (laughs) struggle with beats and stuff, you can still participate in music. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's my job as a therapist to take whatever a person can offer and to work with that and to craft that into something musical. So um, there there are instances where you might be working with someone who can blink, and that's that's their communication. So you'll be working with that movement and that intention and that person blinking and you'll be making music that might kind of build up and up and up and up and you'll be waiting for this blink and the blink is what takes it on it's about a kind of so again you're kind of using whatever a person can offer to kind of we talked a lot about this on the training but it's a kind of it's an empowerment thing as much as anything so often you'll be working with people who are very disempowered in their lives they're either institutionalized or they are have physical disabilities or you know like stuff that that we take for granted we can go to the toilet they can't unless someone helps them and imagine what that feels like every single time um and you're living in a world where you you have little power over what happens to you so a lot of our uh, work in music therapy is to just kind of play with those dynamics and try and switch them so our aim is to have the music powered by whatever the person we're working with can do and it's up to us to make sure that happens so it's it's very individualized and yeah hopefully very kind of powerful feeling for them yeah i can't imagine a world where i didn't have access to music Mm. (laughs) Um, like so yeah it's such a privilege to be able to do that i mean i always think that about choirs as well right it's just such a privilege to be in a room doing that and experiencing yeah. that so it's it's um <laughs> you're making me all emotional listening to you talk about all this uh but for good reason because that's the power that music has right so yeah knowing that music can about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was gonna say I, I think i was preparing myself for it to be quite um a full-on conversation but i think maybe i needed to sort of like up those levels in my head mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's very empowerful because i've had family members who unfortunately gone through um sort of locked in syndrome and uh also sort of dementia and it's awful uh watching that happen and the idea that you can uh have some sort of connection through music uh is very impactful indeed so mm. i think before we you know i inadvertently go down that rabbit hole and uh, i need to sign up for some therapy myself um <laughs> i think it just makes me feel very grateful that we have uh you as a an md at king's cross because i think what with that being a new a new venue um i think your sort of very nurturing touch uh definitely has helped a lot of people there sort of come out of being in lockdown uh being in a new venue trying to choir for the first time and i think you have uh definite style that um allows people to feel more comfortable it's uh definitely reassuring but also I, I enjoy it when you sort of walk up the aisle and grab all the sopranos and altos who are at the back and sort of bring them forward it's such sort of assured we're going to do this and uh, we're going to make this happen so yeah so uh, I'm sure you have a different um sort of hat on when you do the music therapy but I think it definitely 
uh, comes through at Choir as well. Yeah, it informs what you do everywhere mm. else, right? Yeah, it, it does all tie in. And it's always been um, part of my approach. So even, you know, like conducting shows and musical directing for shows and stuff, like, I think it's it's a fine balance. And I think many, many, many good MDs will agree with me that you want the quality, of course. You're not mm. going to shy away from that. Um, but there's ways of getting that. And for me, the best way of getting it is it's through a kind of nurturing approach. I think there is there is always a pastoral side if you're going to take these leadership roles on, or there should be anyway, particularly when you're working with singers and the voice is so vulnerable and often needs protecting and people have uh, quite different relationships with their singing voices quite often, including professionals, many, many professionals. We're not just talking about um, uh, choirs and community setups, you know, in the West End and stuff as well. So there's always that pastoral side of being an MD and that kind of nurturing side, uh, which has always been very important for me. So, yeah, I definitely have a different hat on for the choir, but I think, as you say, Katie, there's like little connections between all all the hats that I wear. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you've been trained to see the connections, right? Like True the, music, the through lines um, yeah. and how that, and yeah, I'm not being very eloquent, but yes, you've been trained to see the connections and how to use them in a different way. So, yeah, I mean, the, the music therapy training, as it says, two year masters and it gets equated sometimes. So you go in as as a musician, having your own musicality, you have this toolbox of musicianship, if you like, and it gets equated to taking all the tools out of the box and like throwing them on the floor and like mucking them all around and then putting them back in in a different order. And it does feel as intensive as that over the course of two years. But yeah, by the end of it, you do feel like you still have your own musicality, but it's been slightly reordered and you look at things in different ways. And not not only in how you work with people, but I use it in my composition as well. So it's all kind of like, it all ties in. You get kind of retrained slightly. It's very cool. I guess that sort of leads me to um, a question of, you know, how how you got into doing the Masters. I mean, obviously, um, a little bit of backstory about James would be good anyway. Um, but just, you must have trained musically. And then what sort of prompted you and when to, to go down this route as well? Mm. Yeah, so I did my undergrads in music at Royal Holloway. Um, it was very academic because uh, I chose the academic streams, but I did loads of outside stuff. I did all that, the musical theatre and Gilbert Sullivan, all that kind of stuff outside of it, which is the fun stuff. And then um, I've always kind of been intrigued by music therapy, and I can remember pretty soon after I graduated, kind of looking into it, doing whatever the equivalent of Google was at that point, um, writing to people and getting information. Um and kind of go, okay, what what is this thing? Um, but it took forever to actually get round to it. So it wasn't until 2019 that I felt that it was the right time to apply. <clears throat> and there are maybe like six, seven, eight providers of music therapy training in the UK. So I did my research, um, found Nordoff Robbins, like the look of them, went and auditioned up in Manchester, got on with the people smashed the audition i say so myself but it did feel good at the time i was like something's working here <laughs> good um be positive yeah. about that sort of thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it, it felt right you know like when mm. you get in a situation and it just works and you're kind of like yeah 
this this feels like a challenge but it doesn't feel hard it feels like an enjoyable challenge yeah I just interviewed and uh had a good time Mm. and I got Mm. I got the job so uh connection again right (laughs) yeah it just felt right I was like I'm just having fun I you want to keep talking (laughs) yeah there's a very nice nervous energy that comes from that definitely Mm -hmm. so when I said that I was like good it's nice that people can can feel that because it doesn't happen all the time like no sometimes you can come out of it and feel that you've not done a great job but then you know you may get the role get the you know the the new job or whatever and you think okay what the hell happened there that, that's, <laughs> that's quite that's a question for another time but when you have that okay this is going to be a challenge but i'm up for it yeah it, it felt like right place right time and then um yeah cracked on with the training from then on it's almost like you knew there was going to be a massive global event that's going to impact yeah. everyone's sort of like a <laughs> mental health, as it were. It's good timing. It was bizarre. And in certainly mm. in terms of the studying, because it was based at the RNCM in Manchester, Royal Northern College mm. of Music, um, I was going up there for two nights a week, um, you know, with a commensurate time and monetary costs um, and try to like freelance at the same time. Mm. Um and then when when all of that hit, of course, it was on Zoom entirely for a couple of months. And then it became one day a week on Zoom and one day face to face and much more manageable. So it's kind of, you know, it yeah, the yes. timing is blessed. And because it's an allied health profession, we were able to kind of get back face to face doing stuff before certainly anything performative theatrical was going on and before many people could get back to jobs. So, it, yeah, it was good timing it is strange reflecting on um i think calling it the sort of lockdowns rather than the pandemic because you know covid is still around at a pandemic sort of level um but we're sort of quite busy focusing on other things as as a a country and as a world um Mm -hmm. i think although there's plenty of negative that's come out of it um i think there's a lot of positive as well there's sort of ways of working people Mm. being more expressive about how they're coping with things um so yeah it, it is bizarre we spoke to a few people who especially in the music industry who you know say that it was a bizarre time and but I mean Ashley one of our other MDs said it was a fantastic time for creative output with people that normally you wouldn't be able to talk to mm-hmm. or you knew that they were busy even if they're friends or connections it's like call them up um, I'm fancying doing this are you free and you kind of know the answer is going to be probably yeah um, yeah don't have a much, much yeah. yeah it was way easier to get in contact with actors to do demos and stuff which i definitely did um yeah and yeah people of who you wouldn't normally necessarily approach perhaps and they're just kicking their heels at home like the rest of us kind of eager to get on with something and that kind of creativity thing was true for many people i think so it kind of intrigued me that as soon as we went into this lockdown thing, people were like, I need to do something creative. There was mm. so much of that coming out, even if it was just people learning to cook better, which it certainly was for me. Banana um, bread and sourdough. <laughs> yeah, yeah get, keeping the sourdough going or like um, learning an instrument online or writing or painting or yeah crafting so became huge again as well yeah and there was this connection with creativity and self-expression which are two of the like the vital things for mental health in my book and suddenly the humanity was being forced to actually 
consider like what what was important and that kind of default thing that so many people went to that kind of creative thing i find fascinating because <laughs> yeah. it's like this kind of underside of humanity if you like which gets lost for all of us in the course of making money and doing the million and other one things that we have to do and suddenly we all had this chance to kind of stop and consider that side of ourselves yeah i think within 2020 and 2021 just the amount of people who went ahead and uh, started doing something musically in particular um i guess it's really informative given the time and the sort of the, almost the necessity to do something creative they turn to music so i mm. guess turning it back to sort of our framing questions um as neatly as possible i mean why do you feel that music is so important for our mental health in general i think those two things are a big part of it the kind of creativity the expression of self the kind of one thing essentially on the self-expression um is important for mental health if you feel like you can explore who you actually are and have a physical outlet for that if that's playing an instrument or singing or painting or whatever that's something inside which is coming out and i think that is important in mental health like you spoke earlier about the fact that people are able to verbalize now or feel like they can verbalize more accurately what they're feeling um there's far more awareness of kind of mental health issues and good health as well and what that is so yeah the kind of getting something inside out i think that's an important thing about music um interaction with others is mahusive as well i'm sure i've read some quote somewhere about making music of any kind with a group of people it's that thing where you're kind of you're doing one thing together there's something powerful about that again particularly in a time where a lot of us feel like we're on our own perhaps if we were working from home all this lockdown thing but still i think it's a generally kind of modern life city thing so any interaction with people doing the same thing i think is a really important part of music escapism i would say it's uh certainly for me i have a brain which is like firing on all cylinders most of the time thinking about the future and all the stuff you're not supposed to do if you kind of do meditation or anything like that and you're supposed to be in the moment but one of the few times i am genuinely in the moment is when i am making music and that includes being with the choir includes music therapy includes performing but it's a kind of chance to just get all that other rubbish out of your head and just be there and just you know just be in that moment which i think is an important uh, part of it as well and i think the final thing is it's and it ties into the self-expression it's kind of it's a validation of you as a personality as a human it's not like having other people label you with like this that and the other um because we like labels humans love labels oh we my love goodness labels. yeah diagnoses and illnesses and um not everything. being quite normal as yeah you know, or whatever mm -hmm. normal is normal non-normal um and we like it because it helps us to categorize a world which is big and confusing and i do it all the time i totally understand that but it, in music and in other creative things you, you it's just it's just you it's what you're doing and kind of tying that back to music therapy 
and also to choir a little bit because you'll speak to people so many times and they'll be like, oh, and I'm rubbish at music or I can't sing. And it usually comes back to, I got told at school that I couldn't do X, Y, and Z. Like but one of those. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we all are in certain subjects. And as you said at the beginning, um, Katie, I was just about, I, just re- I can't remember what you said now. <laughs> you said something really cool about... Um, I said something cool? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> James, move on. It clearly didn't happen. That was interesting. <laughs> Entirely, but it, it, it no. was something about kind of like that, you know, you, yeah, you get told you can't do stuff. You get told you can't sing. Um, you get told, told you can't make music. But it's kind of part of my job to kind of go, well... Okay, so maybe you do have that, but let's try this way or let's try this thing or let's try swapping voice parts or, you know, like maybe not in WMC, but in other kind of community groups and certainly some of the music therapy. Yeah, you're just taking like, you know, really what what anyone can do at any level and kind of like bringing that into the group. So within the context of choir, everyone's singing is at a different level. Some people read music, some people don't, some people are confident with their voice, some people aren't. So it's kind of part of my job to kind of foster that environment where we all kind of come to the same level. We're all there, different personalities. We're not labeling ourselves. We're just kind of enjoying what we're doing. I think that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. Um, he says something that um, sort of resonated quite heavily for me about just sort of allowing the creativity to break you out of I suppose elements of drudgery around the necessities of um modern life where you know you need to have a job you need to pay your mortgage you need to pay your rent or blah 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 blah. and um I just suddenly had a very vivid view of uh sort of that scene that's created in the wasteland from T.S. Eliot of sort of like the sort of people walking across London Bridge and that sort of grey um, tone. And I just like the idea of music allowing one of those people or a few of those people to sort of like dart off into a much happier um, sphere. But that might be slightly too existential at 11. I was, I I was about but, to say, dude, T.S. Eliot, really? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I wasn't expecting there's quite as much esoteric stuff to come in, but it, it's sort of definitely just, or, you know, or more sort of modern version, as it were, would be just escaping the matrix for a little bit. As it yeah. Were, unplugging. Yes. Yeah, it, it gives it gives you an alternative. It gives you something else to think about. It gives you something else to experience. It's it's a it's a physical thing. You have to use your body. It's never all just mental, mm. even singing, as we know. But certainly when you're playing instruments, you, you are you are kind of being asked to to come into a situation using your your body and being asked to think about something else. And there's there's a lot of power in that. Yeah, the, the, the PowerPoint comes back really strongly there, just especially with um, your patients who you, you, you try and frame them as an empowering moment, um, you know, whatever level that is, just the idea that you are taking control of uh, what you're doing or what your mind is doing or what your your body is doing. And I think, yeah, it's um, very, very impactful. Mm, 100%. And it kind of... Not not only are you trying to do that for the person you're working with, who is your main priority, but also there's a, a big part of my Nordoff Robbins training where you're kind of seeing the person you're working with as this one 
linchpin to everything around them. And of course, everything is contextual. Everything's interrelational. So you're kind of, you're working with them, but you're also kind of inadvertently working with their family, with their school, with the care home, with everything around them. And often in music therapy, you'll go in and you'll, you'll start doing a session and the people around the client that you're working with are kind of going, I didn't know X could do that. I didn't know X could smile. I didn't know X could use their voice in any way. I've never seen X move their left hand, um, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, in terms of kind of dementia and uh, care of older people, and it happens with youngers as well, but quite often like because people are busy in care homes, you know, there's, there's, there's stuff people have to do. They have to take people to the loo. They have to feed people. They have to give people medication. And it's kind of like everyone kind of loses sense of everyone else's personality in a way. And music is a sense to, a chance to kind of go, Oh yeah. Oh look, X knows that song. X, X is like dancing when they don't, they haven't moved for weeks or you're like the the care workers are part of the group and dancing as well. It's kind of like ties back into that kind of everyday life thing. It's just a chance to move away from that and enjoy that. Yeah, rather than just sort of dealing with patient X who takes these meds at this time and then has to sort of be taken to lunch at this this juncture and um, and so yeah. on. And then suddenly the, a little bit of humanity. Yeah, because you know, I think carers do a phenomenal job. Um, and there are certain ones who have the ability to see the humanity all the time. And then there are others who it might just slip for a, a little bit just because it sort of helps them sort of protect themselves, as it were, watching people in a lot of pain. Um, so I just going back to my my relative, um, I got asked to go in and sing for the care home she was in uh, quite must be about 10, 12 years ago. And it's really nice. It was a very sort of touching thing. There was a few, my, a couple of my friends, and uh, we went in and just did some uh, sort of like rap pack stuff and sort of older ballads and everything. It was really nice because um, that literally happened. You could see some of them sort of like bobbing along in their chair and uh, sort of seeing the looks on the carers' faces even more so than than the patients. And uh, yeah, it was very affecting. Um, so I can imagine if they're having the opportunity to have musical therapy like that on a semi-regular basis then mm. it's going to improve hopefully their lot and even as you say the sort of yeah. the the network around the individual um patients is, is going to be very very powerful yeah that's very much what we're looking to do it's kind of there are some branches of music therapy which are a bit more kind of clinical if you want to use that word and a, a bit more like you you'd like you'd think of cognitive behavioral therapy or like verb speaking therapy it's kind of mm. two people in a room away from everybody and sometimes it can be that but it can also be very powerful maybe even more powerful when it's taken outside of that room into the context that the person is in so we always kind of have a kind of you know half a mind on that as well definitely can i ask about um how it's used in schools because that gives me such hope for the planet at large that that is something that is that is happening because um my brother had additional needs i like the way that you said that um and he wasn't offered anything well i mean he, he he didn't need that necessarily but he struggled a lot in school because even in a good school um 
there wasn't really the support network there that he needed. So the fact that music therapy is happening in schools just makes me extremely happy. Love to hear mm. more about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has a it has a big place in schools. Um, it tends to be mainly schools that are specialist. So that could be for many, many different things. So you're talking about um, differences in physical ability, autistic spectrum condition, but also, and again, this is a rising thing, like I kind of mentioned earlier, um, mental health. So you, uh, I don't like the word treatment, but you're you're talking of, you're working with people in a way that you might hope benefits them who might be... Uh, have like massive anxiety issues or depression or eating disorders. Um, and th this is like a massively growing area at the moment for children and young people in terms of struggles with mental health. And it's music therapy is a big part of that at the moment. So within that kind of school uh, context, there are many, many, many different um people that we work with and different reasons that we might work with people yeah like I said gives me hope because I wouldn't have got through well I would have got through school but I wouldn't be me like I had choir as a class and I'm stupid lucky I know um mm. but yeah like it it helps like mm. yeah it was the best part of every day um mm. and mm. yeah it's so it helps it's so it just helps you figure out who you are in a mm. really safe creative way and yeah, yeah. And you yeah. Need creativity in anything that you do. So, yeah. yeah. And the safety is an important thing. So one, yes. one of the, one of the amazing things about music is that it's possible to create safe musical structure, safe and predictable. And you'll often be working with people who you think could, you know, once you get to know them, you're like, yeah, I think that's really going to benefit them. I can just play the same two chords for half an hour and create something very regular, very safe that this person is then able to come into and maybe relax a little bit, maybe let themselves go a little bit, maybe let a couple of barriers down, um, maybe dare to join in in a way that they can't in terms of conversation, for instance, even if they have language. Conversation is hard and unpredictable. <laughs> Um, but in, in music, there's something, you know, there can be something really safe there to be part of. And if you're working with people who have very fragile mental health, then that's mega important. That's, yeah, fascinating around the um, sort of use around potentially anxiety and everything and creating mm. that safe space. So, yeah, mm. it's um, you can see how, again, that's going to be the case for people at choir who definitely suffer from that and uh, I've spoken mm. to quite a few at different venues um, where they just feel much more at ease after a session um, which is which is great to see you know mm. it's um, you know you, you I'm, I'm occasionally sat there kind of going okay how are we going to work through this song and get ready for um, you know for this performance and everything and then there's just the spectrum of needs and wants from choir where you can have people who are focused on performing or the operational side of things and then you've got people who want to improve their singing ability they want to work on technique they want to follow a passion but then for some people it is just it can be just entirely about community and just feeling 
safe and welcomed as well. So mm. I think that's one of the um, <clears throat> one of the aspects of choir that I really have appreciated over the last year or two. Just people use it for different things or different mm. needs, and I think it's good that we're welcoming and accommodating of that. Mm. It's, yeah, it's a really good point. You can obviously never predict <laughs> why anyone is doing anything, and people yeah. have so many, yeah, so many different um, reasons they might come along. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to, trying to hold all of that in a welcoming space is an important thing to do, as well as obviously, you know, there's a certain, as I said earlier, there's in this context, there's a quality we want to get out of it because it's mm. performative. Um, there's a lot of research into performance in music therapy and again with safety in mind but how empowering that can be for people and we'll see that in choir all the time right because yeah, yeah. the buzz that you get after a performance and the kind of there's something about that working up to that performance kind of each week it's kind of I'm doing an exponential curve shape <laughs> but it's yeah. that kind of thing that you're kind of working upwards towards something which again is is important and yeah. um, i think i've referenced it before but with king's cross starting as a new venue uh sort of uh, obviously it was before the pandemic but then um sort of starting this year with lots of tasters of people who've not been uh, to that venue you know just sort of nurturing and building from those tentative days in january to quite a euphoric experience at the end of the summer term perfect encapsulation of what we're talking about there hmm. of people feeling safe comfortable confident and then producing uh, something very special in terms of the the sound that we were able to create and yeah it's uh for me that was a very special moment definitely and i think a lot of that is to do with sort of yeah the space the people and the the nurturing uh, from the front as well and knowing that we can achieve the, the classy james sound that we all aspire to <laughs> I think that's one of the uh, preferred terms that amongst the angels who go to different venues, of <laughs> knowing that we want to achieve the classy James sound. <laughs> well, yeah, it's and and why not? You know, exactly. the group is totally capable of it, as we've heard many times in all the gorgeous singing that's going on. But yeah, the kind of the way you get to that is is what interests me, I guess. And uh, yeah, at its heart, it's it's people feeling comfortable i think you you cannot sing if you're on edge no absolutely because your body just doesn't let you do it yeah you can't do your best work and as i said earlier that applies across the whole singing spectrum from the west end through to uh, classes with mothers and babies nothing's going to happen if people are on edge it's kind of yeah the the kind of welcoming and the safety is mega important I think one of the, my favorite things about music and choir at large that I've been thinking about whilst we've been talking is the fact that we're all fairly goal-driven as humans. Like we need to be working towards something, which is why people sign up to do marathons and ridiculous things like that. Um, I love all the marathon runners out there, by the way. I just, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't fathom it. Um, but music is so accessible like you, no matter your skill level, no matter your access to it, like you can come to it and improve mm. a little bit every single time. Mm. And 
I think that is one of the best things about it because mm. it just gives you that satisfaction that you know that you're getting better at something and you're enjoying it. Mm. Um, even if you're not like, you know, fantastic. And even if you're not going to get on, well, the X factor doesn't exist anymore really, but you know, <laughs> the next, the next singing talent show, or, you know, you might not be on the West end, but it doesn't matter because if you, if you just can get a little bit better at it, then that's all that matters. Mm. Yeah. Accomplished. And I think, yeah, music and the arts are, perfect for that yeah yeah that kind of yeah we do like to feel like we're improving at things <laughs> I think that's that's probably another mental health thing I would mm -hmm. put down right there yeah the kind of feeling of you know there's, there's a fine balance I think and maybe music offers that because it gives us a bit of forward motion but it's still saying okay you can still be in the moment and enjoy what's going on. Maybe there's a kind of nice, really nice kind of balance in that. It's not rat racy, but no, there is. It's just you and the music and getting better and enjoying mm. it and exploring and getting better. Doesn't necessarily mean like linearly. It can just, it can be, so instead of like going, woohoo, I'm awesome and going straight up to the top of whatever scale you're on, it mm. can be, now I'm exploring all these different things and just going sideways more. And that's still improving because you're just learning more and more. Yeah. 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 The really Western mindset is terribly linear in that Incredibly. respect in terms of time progression, um, all that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm all about a little bit of a lateral lateral mm -hmm. progress mm, yeah that's that's a really nice way of putting it yeah lateral progress as well i really like that yeah kind of putting out your feelers exploring yeah. at, at the level you're at mm -hmm. i'm nicking that i like that good <laughs> you, you have that Ollie, we've accomplished something <laughs> <laughs> i feel literally like the uh the second cup of coffee has really kicked in now so <laughs> sort of t.s Eliot references and lateral uh I've only counter, had one. Counter Western thought. Great, good. <laughs> delving, delving back to my philosophy undergraduate days. Fantastic. Um, I think we could easily talk about this for ages, and but we have places to go, especially James on a nice sunny day. Um, I don't think we can really sort of plug this as it were, but I think you know, it would be useful maybe for our members to know how they could access this for themselves, for friends, family members, any resources that we can share, for example. I suppose there's two pointers I would give. As I say, the, the people I trained with are a charity called Nordoff Robbins. Um, if you Google them, uh, Nordoff and Robbins were the two guys that set it up. It sounds like Baskin Robbins is quite a good way to remember it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> if you Google them, they have a website which is full of um, awesome information and full of clips of the work and is really very informative. There's also a British Association of Music Therapists, BAMPT. If you go on their website, you can find more about what music therapists do. Um, you can find out about music therapists in your area, um, what's offered, and get in touch with them. So between those kind of two, those would be the first uh, ports of call I would recommend. Amazing. Thank you. I don't know. I inhaled like I had something else to say, but I'm just, <laughs> you made me very con 
contemplative, I don't even know, contemplative, whatever the version, <laughs> whatever that version of the word is, I'm supposed to say one cup of coffee, guys. Um, yeah. It's, Come over to the second cup. It's amazing. Uh, right yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it's, colors. Of, it's needed <laughs> colors. What are those? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It was very lateral. I know that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your, your time and energy on this subject because it's so important um, just in general, but uh, mm. especially I think these days um, and uh, the choir obviously is a really great support network for everyone involved. So, yeah. Um, and it, it goes back to what we were doing earlier in the year for mental health awareness week in the UK, um, about talking about, you know, memories and what the best bits about choir are and the things that we've got out of it. And, um, when I said those that sing together are never truly alone, um, because you're not, because you're connected no matter what with the people that you sing with basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm. Thank you very much for having this conversation with us about this, especially for World Mental Health Day. You're most welcome. Um, yeah, I should, it works for me. It works both ways. So I come along to choir and it gives me a buzz as hopefully as much as it does for all the singers. And I think that's probably an important thing to say. And it's a big thing to do with the atmosphere that's created by charlie and the angels is very welcoming it's very there's a beautiful energy in there whenever you go into one of those rehearsal rooms and that is not the same in every choir (laughs) actually quite unique for wemc so it's it's something to treasure and i i bet it works for all the mds the same way as well i i feel um lucky and i feel privileged that i'm able to do this as my living it's very cool (laughs) and i think on that note um thank you again james it's been wonderful i've really enjoyed this so um see you very soon at king's cross see you soon thank you so i was down in london a couple of weeks ago now yeah lots of fun and ollie and i got to go see dear evan hansen together which was fantastic i'd seen it before in the before times in 2020 Mm -hmm. and i just knew that when i was down in london i had to see it again before it left because it's leaving this month you guys so if you haven't seen it before get your tickets and go it's um a really important show to watch so it was yeah it was great getting to watch it with you ollie um and it was your first time wasn't it it was, yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we were able to go together, definitely, because um, it's, um, it's a lot of songs from it that I know, but I hadn't seen the the, st- the actual show itself, and I mm. knew that you were a big fan. And, yeah, it was um, very impactful, and I think I went into it a little bit concerned that I wasn't going to actually enjoy the story, because uh, I heard from different people that they found it a little bit hard um to watch um maybe i don't know if it was like the american take on on it all or it might just be that it you know is quite a is quite traumatic at points in terms of how the story develops but i'm glad to say that i really enjoyed it and um i found it very impactful 
and it was lovely to sort of hear the songs where they are meant to be in the show because uh, I sort of like I know waiting through a window and for forever and you'll be found uh only us so I've, I sort of know a few of them pretty well but it was great seeing them in in context mm. and how they're used um I think another thing for me was just I was really impressed right at the end at the curtain call realizing that there's only eight actors and eight characters and yeah. it just feels like there's more than that yeah they somehow. make such an amazing sound and the story they tell is so big it just feels like there should be more people on stage but there aren't yeah so they I do. would say yeah the way that they use the screens and some of the audio is quite clever it makes you feel that there's more people yeah. Um, but yeah that was quite a, a funny moment for me just kind of going huh there are literally eight of them should have probably clocked that earlier than the uh, curtain <laughs> call but yeah it was yeah. uh it was great um I guess it really does tie in quite neatly to um well mental health day as well it does indeed because it is very much about um mental health um and I don't think it's spoilers to tell you that there's teen suicide involved as well uh so that is that is a tr- that is a trigger warning you guys but it's it's about a lot more than that as well, because I think the show teaches you empathy. It shows how even when you have the best intentions, you can get swept away by something and it just escalates. And I think it also teaches you about how easy it is to feel alone and isolated. And like, there's nobody there who's going to come pick you up and take you home. I think in a way that ties back into what James was saying as well. Completely. Um, And what we touched on with some of the themes around um, even being in a big city or whatever, you can feel very alone. Yeah, I think the reason I enjoyed it was because some of the songs are very entertaining, definitely. But for me, it was the character portrayal by the entire cast. And I think it's not necessarily a spoiler alert um, to say that everyone needs the... the situation or the fabricated situation to be real to cope with what's happened some people say that they don't enjoy it because they um maybe don't particularly like evan or they don't understand evan and uh i found that i very much understood evan or i like to think i did uh or at least i could um be empathetic to what happened and yeah, I think for me it was more just the the other characters that were fascinating, particularly the parents uh, of the of the respective families. Uh, it was interesting dealing with grief and how people cope with that, and what they need, and what they think they need, uh, and what they actually acquire to get through that. So yeah, um, I'm sort of in a weird position because it is literally finishing this month, October. Uh, 2022 so I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet and yet at the same time feel moderately safe that maybe people aren't going to see it anytime soon so they might forget what I'm rambling on about but yeah it was um it was very nice to go with you Katie that was the main thing we've been talking about doing it for ages and then yeah actually managed to do it made it happen it was great yeah so I think the whether or not you can empathize with Evan is what makes you like or not like the show i mean everybody agrees that the music is fabulous but the story um Mm. if you can't see past or empathize with evan then it's quite hard to watch and i i understand that um i just find it really easy to empathize with with evan because just escalates 
and he and it's just about not wanting to hurt anybody yeah it really does escalate very aggressively yeah. um from but the other characters less, yeah no we yeah we, we were talking about this um before sort of recording Evan and right after the fun. show too yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Which you may have seen. We were in the theatre cafe for for a quick debrief, um, yeah. which which is one of our first uh, stories on our on new social chat. Uh, and that was your nice. first time at the theatre cafe, too. <gasps> yes, it was very nice. And I believe there's now a theatre cafe diner, which has just opened up. So I'll yep, have to go so there when you're yes, back. Yes, yes. Enough plugging <laughs> of theatre cafe. Uh, but theatre cafe, we love you. Um, yes, we do. We'd love to have you on the podcast if you mm-hmm. want to listen to this. Maybe we should tag them. Um, yeah, I think going back to the characters, um, you realise that if people are saying that Evan's done something wrong, I think everyone is guilty of something in that show one way or the yeah. other um to to different levels and how much they are willing to accept or own responsibility about it and i think a lot of them do have that uh, through their sort of character arc but yeah yeah i think they all do actually i was just struggling to to figure out what evan's mom's arc related to that would be because it's I, kind of, I, 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 I don't see there's... it with her i think she's like the only character that is that doesn't have that she's done something really horribly wrong and i don't know I'm not giving too much away but i think her big song in the second act is sort of a, a come to jesus moment for her as yeah. it were and realizing what she's done and um not being present enough maybe yeah that's true that's the this only thing hard. i could think of <laughs> this is hard without giving away. without without yeah. spoilers <laughs> yeah but if you uh if you if you have seen it and want to uh send your thoughts then please please, do. please message us on on instagram or twitter um yeah but yeah um it was a very impactful show on many levels so if you haven't seen it yet please go and see it or mm. is the film available on apple tv or something like that i don't think so yeah that's another divisive topic lots and lots of people really didn't enjoy the movie so much uh, i haven't seen it yet because i wanted to see the show again before i did mm. um but i think even if people are saying that ben platt is too old to play a teenager anybody who plays a teenager these days is too old to be a teenager it has been like that for ages so uh suspend your disbelief and just go listen to the boy that originated this role and spent so many years of his life doing it the fact that I didn't get to see that on Broadway, but I will get to see it in the movie is huge. And also um, so many connections to the original cast and stuff, but the guy who plays um, Connor Murphy in the movie was the swing for like the three main male characters um, on the Broadway cast. So getting to see him shine is also something Mm. I'm looking forward to because I like him from another show completely called little voice on Apple TV. And it was amazing. And I adored it and I'm sad I didn't get a second season. And that's how I found out about him. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm going to watch it, but it's very divisive. Talking about people shining, um, yeah. Sam Tutty was fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, considering that is his literally first Western role of any, of any yeah. kind going straight in like that. And then what with the, uh, sort of implications of COVID as well, uh, mm-hmm. impacting all of that. It was, uh, he, you could see he was absolutely embedded in the role. Um, completely but the the cast as a whole was was incredible um, really yeah. really powerful stuff um but yeah no uh, did you have a favorite moment or favorite might not be the right word most the moment that'll stick with you the most only us was uh very very moving for me uh for 
different reasons. Uh, that was a special moment, definitely. Um, hearing you will be found in its proper context was great as well. Uh, yeah, well, that broke me the first time. <laughs> yeah, they smashed it out of the park as well in yeah. terms of performance. I really enjoy waving through a window uh, as a song and seeing that in the in its proper setting mm-hmm. uh, and just fully appreciating what the words mean uh, was was wonderful. So I think those are my main ones. And then um, Sincerely Me was just hilarious. It's so much fun. Yeah, I think it, it, there needs to be a couple of comedic moments, otherwise it's a little bit too heavy. And I would say that I really, really appreciated Jared Kleinman, who's... Um, Evan's friend uh, and that was Jack Loxton the night that we saw it and he was he was fantastic I mean the whole cast were sensational but um, I really he just played it so well mm-hmm. he was eminently likable and contemptible in equal measure I found yeah <laughs> in, in a weird way mm-hmm. um, but yeah what about you Casey in general I think I actually really paid more attention to Connor this time around and was just really appreciative of those parts where he was there and yeah but in terms of the song or the moment that sticks with me the most this time around is uh so big so small when uh Heidi Evan's mom sings that to him that's that's what got me this time because yeah Come to Jesus moment that I referenced yeah, before yeah yeah exactly mm. and it's yeah it, it's just heartbreaking but heartwarming all at the same time and oh it was it was a lot so um there were tears but that's unsurprising <laughs> well I was uh certainly slightly moist in the eye area yes um, well at that point <laughs> just in case nobody knows this uh when I saw it the first time uh I there were tears mo- uh, quite a few times all throughout but uh you will be found broke me in context I was like quietly thank goodness but like physically shaking with sobs because that song i mean it's just talk about a perfect song for world mental health day it is perfect and that moment regardless of how many times i see it will always stick with me as well now we are going into Wemmick loves and we decided um to make sure that this was on theme and uh, we wanted to ask how choir helps your mental health um and yeah it was fantastic we got a really nice response it's uh another one of our early questions on on the new instagram channel and uh yeah had a good number of responses yeah thank you everybody and they're just really lovely to read so we're definitely looking forward to sharing these with everybody but like i like i said in the story it's anonymous so i mean there's nothing nothing in here that needs to be anonymized but is that how you say that word? There's yes. a theme going on this episode with me and words. Um, <laughs> but we will stick to that and keep them anonymous. So what is the one that sticks out most to you? I would say I quite like the start with, I forget about the world and just enjoy singing and hearing all the beautiful harmonies around me, which is a good one. Very true. Yeah. Goosebumps all over the place, right? Yeah. I think there's there's definitely a theme to these. Um, we've got singing soothes the soul, which I would absolutely agree with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it is my escape from a bad week and singing instantly releases any stress that I have. Also very true. I mean, sometimes me personally, it takes me a little while to get into this zone. It doesn't instantly happen, but mm. guaranteed before the break, 
well before the break, I will be happier again, which is awesome. Yeah, I did definitely notice that with um, being at Oxford Circus and King's Cross, particularly Oxford Circus because it starts a little bit early. I think a few people mm. might still be in work mode. Oh, yes. They feel a little <laughs> bit stressed coming in and um, you can sort of see them loosening up, um, yep. sitting down, chatting with people they haven't seen since the previous week or you know catching up and then going into the warm-ups, which I find that sometimes the melodious ones are nice but the sillier ones get people together more as it were so you know um ben shouting at us to do one two three four five or <laughs> i like cheese on toast uh which I, I prefer to the numbers um but yeah that's always a good one and then um any of the sort of tongue twisters that no. does as well oh god <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely they, they break a, my brain <laughs> we should definitely have a segment about um how i say or, them <laughs> well how you say them but also uh favorite and least favorite warm-ups maybe we can yeah, crowdsource be fun. Uh, the greatest hits <laughs> and also how to say it so i, I find that so, well i find that it's easier and i'm about to trip over myself i can almost guarantee it but i find that the iteration of red leather yellow leather lavender leather Actually is makes it a little easier. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. So thank you, James, for the easier version of that. <laughs> Irish <laughs> but, wristwatch is always oh, a nightmare. Red lorry, yellow lorry. I, yeah, I mean, you just heard how. Oh, that was that's hard to say. Any time yeah. of the, yeah, anytime. But sometimes there's a uh, sort of a good communalism through trauma or <laughs> panic. <so>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, I enjoy the counting ones more and, until choreography comes in. And when I say choreography, I mean step clap. Yes. <laughs> too much, too much. <laughs> Definitely. Back to and the responses, though, because yes. I totally took us off topic there. Apologies. Um, I will read one of my favorite ones that is on here, which is Wemmick gives me my breathing space. I detach from all of the worries and love each moment. I like the breathing space part. It's um, yeah, very true. I think there's um, several themes coming along of like escape, space, um, breaking from uh, the routine of the day, the schedule, mm-hmm. sort of allowing creativity out. And I mean, that's all stuff that we spoke with James about really um, yep. at the end of the day. So well done, everyone, for inadvertently answering very on theme without <laughs> realizing. Um, and we've got another one. If I have a bad day singing with friends in choir lifts my spirits it's like absolutely yep it brings joy to my week exactly also lets a you good sw- one. yeah <laughs> lets you switch off from the day so i think uh, everyone's just kind of of a, a similar mindset but it's nice to read out um what has been shared um and it kind of reminds me of the um the big sheets of paper that we did um yep. back for mental health awareness week in the uk in may but yeah it reminds me very much of that and uh just it's nice to sort of have a a digital version of that Mm -hmm. yeah um here's another one that i love by singing amazing songs meeting awesome people and having countless unforgettable moments that's how choir helps that person's mental health which is yeah awesome people and unforgettable moments very very cool absolutely 
it calms my mind for the week. People don't get to me as much, which is <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a thing. Yes, um, for sure. Yeah, helps me to escape the fast-paced, lots of responsibilities world, calms my mind. So, yeah, I think for me, those are some of our notable ones, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, lots of distinct themes, calm, escape, pleasure, you know, mm-hmm. mindfulness, all the good things. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me finish on one though. Mm. So it's such a positive, accepting and welcoming space and got me singing again. So that also Very links good. back to what James was saying about safe spaces and, and Wemek being particularly awesome at creating that mood and, and safe space and welcoming environment. So yeah, and that's not just confidence as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's not just down to Charlie and the angels. Like James said, that is also down to you, all of you. Dear listener. <laughs> yep. You guys. So yay. Choir fam. Yeah. So I think that was uh, less of a, a, a debate. Wemmick loves is more just a, um, a nice sort of run through some good positivity and just knowing that choir is very much more than just trying to sing some correct harmonies Agreed. We'll get ready for performances thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast it was really really fantastic getting to talk to james about music therapy and its connection to mental health and well-being and empowerment and just really connecting that to everything we experience in choir If you guys are interested in learning more about music therapy or you might want to take advantage of it yourself or know somebody that could take advantage of it, um, there are a couple of links that James mentioned that we just want to share with you now. So, and we'll put these out on um, Instagram, et cetera, for you as well. But it is uh, www.nordoff, so that's N-O-R-D-O-F-F dash Robbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S dot org dot U-K. And the second one is British Association for Music Therapy. And that is www.bamt.org slash music dash therapy. And then another slash and what dash is dash music dash therapy. So like I said, we will share those. So if you didn't catch them properly, (laughs) um, you'll be able to access that. But essentially it is nordoff-robbins.org.uk and bamt.org the beauty of twitter and instagram now we can actually just put a hyperlink for you exactly so i just wanted to make katie read that out yeah i want to do that yeah thanks (laughs) uh yeah mistakes and all but i know you guys will forgive me so it's fine i will that's the main thing so yeah (laughs) that was enjoyable for me to watch um but yeah really great episode thank you so much for listening and if you don't already follow us at Wemek Talks on Instagram and Twitter to get all those links nice and easy. And uh, we'll see you next time. What we're going to do is have a perfect little cut edit there and it's just going to be seamless. It's going to be great. <laughs> so I'm already made, I've already I jumped made in. I, yeah. I, I saw Ollie's look of panic and jumped in. <laughs> yeah. And that will be in the blooper reel. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I think we're out. And <laughs> cut. <laughs> yep. Like I said, contemplative, contemplative. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that word. Um, 
Yeah, I'm the comms person. I should, but oh well. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. I mean, you brought up T.S. Eliot's Wasteland, which uh, as an English Lit student, I was just like, what is this and why are you making me read it? So well done. Right, what the hell are we doing? I'm eating a pastry. You're eating your pastry. That is what we're doing. I look forward to hearing my um, maceration on records. I'm going to mute myself. (laughs) This bit won't make it anywhere. Don't worry. It'll be cut. (laughs) If I find this in the bleeper reel, I'll be very upset. (laughs) 